Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 40. How's it going, everybody? It's pretty good, pretty good. So uh, this week we thought we might talk about some of the different tools that we use just outside of Xcode itself to get our jobs done. There's lots of really useful stuff and some some new and interesting ones too, I think, that we're just playing around with a little bit. Yeah, so do any of you have a go-to, go-to tool that Xcode just doesn't really cover? You're always you're always using. Well, one of the things with more recent versions of Xcode is finding the simulator folders, and at this point, they're in they're randomly generated uh, GUIDs or some some alphanumeric string, and it's kind of hard to find the folder. So you can you know whether it's to verify that files are getting put in the right place or uh, to look into databases or, or whatever it is. You know, occasionally you do need to go and look in the simulator folders, but Apple's made that a little bit more difficult. So there's a nice utility called Sim Folders that will make it easier for you to find the folders that you need. And it does a lot more stuff now, too. They just released... Uh... An update. It used to be a, kind of a freeware thing, and then they had a beta of this new version, and it kind of went silent for a while. But a couple weeks ago, they came out with a version two. It's like eleven bucks. Um, but yeah, in addition to like giving you access to all that stuff from like a menu bar item, <clears throat> which was kind of the original thing, um, there's a whole bunch of other stuff too. If you use uh, Fuse, which is like the user space file system type thing uh, where it basically like will create its own file systems as an open source thing but it'll create like these cool you just go to the file system it creates and it'll have like that the apps icon and you can drill into the bundle and the simulator data for all of it and you can like right click on it and do all kinds of stuff like show the app groups container for that app or uh, just reset the storage from there, uninstall it from the simulator, launch in the simulator just from the finder, which is really cool. Lots of cool stuff. I think even in their, their preferences, they have a UI for uh, Xcode select command line tool, <laughs> which I, every time I use it, I have to like run it, run Xcode select to see what the switches I'm supposed to use, and then I actually do it. Yeah, they're not very intuitive. Yeah, they just have a drop-down, though, and then ask for your admin password, and it switches for you. So it's really nice. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a really, really awesome tool. You should check yeah, it out. Yeah, definitely, if you need to inspect the database, that's a huge thing. Or I've used it just to, like, make sure that I've got the right version of the app out there or that the the files that I expected to be there are actually there. Or, yeah, all kinds of debugging it can be useful for yeah i use it mostly when i'm working with core data and when i inspect the database or i want to test that uh upgrade uh created the right files or 
or in instantiated the data database correctly. Uh, so it can be handy to use that to inspect the folder structure and, and uh, hopefully prevent some potential issues on upgrade. Now, is that in the App Store or is it a standalone product? I think it's still a standalone app. Okay. Yeah, I don't think it could. It would be allowed in the App Store. Seems like the sandboxing would just kill it. Yeah. Okay. So what do you guys use if you want to look at your core data SQLite files? Do you have any favorites? I actually use DB Visualizer, uh, which is a Java-based database tool that's fairly feature-rich. Uh, partially because I've used it for years before uh, switching to iOS. So um, it's a tool that I know well, and uh, there's it works just as well with SQLite, so I, I've continued to use it. Okay. Argo, you're not doing... You're not doing much SQLite core data these days. Not anymore. I had I had one. It was a very simple app that just lets you open it and look at look at things. But I can't, for the life of me, find it. I don't think I still have it on my computer. Yeah, I use a one called SQLite Free Datum. Uh, I got it off the App Store somewhere. It's just got a little. Uh, blue and white icon that's got a database in the middle. But it's functional enough for, for what I need to do whenever I'm looking at SQLite files. I don't need to do lots of, a lot of heavy querying or, or other things. I just want to see the data. But combine that together with SIM folders, and that saves a lot of time. Argo, do you have a tool in particular that's kind of your go-to? Um, I don't know. I, I guess... Uh... We said not Xcode, but um, I, I tend to like Alcatraz. Uh, it's basically a plugin manager for Xcode, so you can install things that do various functions. Like there's a, a plugin that'll give you like a color picker whenever you want to, uh, when you do UI color and there's a color there, you can just like tap on it within Xcode and you can kind of select different color and it'll, it'll just use that and it's smart enough to if you settle on like the actual ui color or red color it'll change the code to that so it's pretty useful uh and they, they, there's one that just came out recently a plugin for the fix me button that <laughs> that changes uh changes the text uh discourage people from using it <laughs> <laughs> It's like YOLO, click the fix me button and everything will break or something like that instead of fix me when whenever you get that that dialogue for messing with your provisioning profile. So, But I, I use uh, some folders a lot too. I don't know if anything's super necessary to my workflow other than okay. that. I used to have some great utilities for managing app icons, re, you know, creating all the various sizes, as well as um, capturing and screenshots and cleaning up status bars. But most of those tools have been, you know, abandoned for the most part. So I haven't really found a good replacement for that. Are there any out there that you guys use? 
I've used Prepo for doing for taking some icons, making icons and uh, screenshots. You, basically, you give it the the large asset size. So for the app icons, it's a 1024 by 1024. You give it that, and it'll scale it down to all the necessary sizes, even all the way down to uh, the sizes that you would need for spotlight. And Prepo also does uh, screenshots that way. It's a nice little tool. Yeah, I've used Prepo in the past as well. Um, although one thing I've been doing lately, and this isn't explicitly a tool, but there's a Photoshop template uh, available that's free. Uh, you can use it for, there are separate ones for tvOS apps, watch apps, uh, iOS, Android, all those apps. But it's, I think it's just like appiconTemplates.com. Uh, but it gives you this cool Photoshop template where there's like an area that you double click and make the actual icon in there. And then it has some like Photoshop scripts that it'll export all the right sizes uh, as well. So that's been pretty useful uh, if I'm working on something new and just need to get a quick icon done. Okay. Yeah, I, I also use Affinity Designer a bit for doing some icon design and various little assets if I'm working on something for myself. And it's a relatively cheap tool. It's a SVG editor, though it's not really, it's a vector graphics editor. I shouldn't say SVG, though it does export to SVG if you need to. But then it also has the ability of ex exporting uh, slices and regions of your file at 1x, 2x, and 3x, whatever you need. Not a lot of Android support in it, but yeah, that's not a problem for this podcast. And that tool does, in theory, also uh, interoperate with Photoshop and Illustrator files as well, as so it can, can import and export, in theory. Um, in practice, you know, occasionally you'll get some differences, you know, especially with gradients and shadows and things like that. Uh, but I, I think Affinity Designer does better than a lot of other applications uh, working with uh, some of the Adobe file formats. That's what they claim on their website anyway. And it's it's definitely a very polished, uh, it's got a Pro Tool feel to it. Uh, seems to be fairly stable. But, you know, my tool of choice for design is is sketch at this point you know i use sketch fairly often and it's got similar to affinity designer it's got great options for exporting graphics it's probably has a bit more flexibility than affinity designer for export because it, it doesn't lock you into any specific sizes or formats so you can you know, whether it's android ios if if uh, apple comes out with a new image size, you know, let's say 4x, you know, whatever the next size is, it it can handle it. And the team's been getting bigger, the product's uh, becoming more and more stable all the time. Uh, and they just had a recent release, uh, which added a lot of nice features. And there's a lot of third-party tools that are now integrating with Sketch, such as Zeppelin for creating uh, 
specs, you know, sizes and colors uh, for a design that you can share with a teammates. Uh, it integrates with the Envision app, so they can create pull your artboards up into the cloud, and you can create boards or prototypes uh, from your sketch files in Envision. So it's pretty nice. Occasionally, I still have to jump back to Photoshop or Illustrator, especially if we're working with designers uh, from other companies that have generated assets in those tools. Now, Sketch to me seems to be more focused on uh, doing UI generation as opposed to like complete from scratch graphics. Would that be? Because they have those big, those uh, nice templates. Yeah, there, well, there's a ton of uh, templates out there. A lot of websites dedicated to uh, creating catalogs of resources. A lot of uh, UI kits out there for both Android and iOS that you know you know pay and free that you can pull assets in, into Sketch and uh, have a nice starting point for your designs. You mean I can do UI kit on Android? <laughs> Well, I, UI kit in a general sense. I know. Yeah, design templates. I'm just being a pain. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Argo and I had a chance to meet uh, the founder of Bohemian Coding, that's company behind Sketch at the Release Notes conference, where he did a, a talk about his journey with Sketch and, and uh, you know, how he approaches his business. And Sketch has definitely given Adobe a run for its money to the point that they've now have announced a new product that'll be coming out next year called that's currently codenamed Comet that looks and feels a lot like Sketch and will probably give Sketch a run for its money just because of the manpower that Adobe's able to put behind it. I, th- I think the team behind comment is significantly larger than uh, the Bohemian coding team at least in its early days so uh, that that team has grown but uh, Adobe's putting some major manpower behind this and uh, and they're trying to do something a little bit different in addition to just UI design they're also integrating prototyping into this tool set so it's going to be a dedicated tool for user interface design and prototyping. Uh, so it could be quite compelling, but I think it'll be a while before it has all the features that Sketch has. So is this the same thing? I was hearing that there's like a beta within Photoshop where you can like enable some new design mode. Now this is actually going to be, yes, in, in, in Photoshop today, there's a developer preview of a UI designer tool uh, that you can use inside of Photoshop. And when you switch that mode, it, it does kind of feel and have some of the same uh, behavior in terms of adding borders and shadows and similar tool palette that you see in Sketch. Uh, but Comet's actually being rewritten as a separate tool from the ground up. Uh, so I don't believe it's the same code base. Hmm. Okay. And I, I'm, I don't know if that... UI design kind of perspective that's in Photoshop today is going to stay there after comment is released or if, or if they'll 
leave it in there for people who just want to stay in Photoshop. Could be one of those things that they just threw out there to to see what the interest level was. Yeah. And my understanding is that's actually the developer preview that's in Photoshop is actually an HTML5 application inside of Photoshop. And it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Adobe has this way of embedding all kinds of weird things inside software that you would never expect it to be there. Yeah. And Photoshop has a great, uh, very powerful tool for generating assets that very few people know how to use, but it's actually a Node.js server uh, that's open source that will run and you can write plugins for that'll generate assets from layers in Photoshop. And it's fairly comparable in capability to what's in Sketch today. But mm. since you can write your own plugins, you can you you can have it generate your asset catalogs for you straight from your Photoshop files just by naming your layers properly. And there are plugins for Sketch that can do the same. So, yeah. you know, we're f finally seeing some great UI design tools. I and mean, we've had great photo editing tools for a long time, but not a lot of emphasis on UI design, uh, which is, you know, definitely a, a different skill set, different tool set. So it's nice to see all these options coming available for UI designers. So what if you're a UI designer, but you don't want to load up your app with bunches of images? Have you guys uh, checked out Paint Code at all? I've used Paint Code on and off over time. Yeah, I've bought more than one version of it <laughs> over time. <laughs> well, there's yeah, only it's two a, it's a, plus updates. Yeah, it's a pretty cool tool that uh, uh, you basically design it with kind of a simplistic uh, user interface and... And you get like your code to plop in your draw rect. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a nice tool. Yeah, it it is really cool. And it and the paint code two and later versions of paint code two also support doing animations as well. Okay. So yeah, it's paint code one was relatively simplistic. Paint code two has some pretty nice features in it. Yeah, one of my favorite features is the ability to create named colors that you can reference uh, throughout your design. And if you decide to change your color palette, you just have to change these colors in one place and it'll update all your designs uh, throughout uh, yeah. paint code. Uh, A tip really there nice. for you would be don't name something dark blue yeah. and then have to change it to red. And it's you just have, like, like CSS, action right? color and... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping that uh, you know Sketch and this new Adobe tool will add that capability in the future. It would be nice to be able to quickly iterate on color palettes without having to touch a whole bunch of artboards. Yeah, some of these some of these tools are rather expensive on the App Store, but they are worth it, and they're they are worth the money that you spend for them, especially if you're going to use them. But uh, there are ways of actually getting these things a little bit cheaper. And I'm not talking about piracy, but a lot of times you you can find deals on iTunes gift cards. Uh, sometimes you'll get things where it's like spend $80 and you get a $100 iTunes card. And they're, they're codes, they're digital codes. They're, they're actually legitimate. Depending on 
where you get them from. You make sure you're going through a reputable place, but you can actually get paint code or something for effectively $80 instead of the $100 that it costs. I've done that a few times. Yeah, but if you just think of how much time it saves you, a lot of times it's worth the full price. Right. Yeah. And $99 for Sketch once versus, you know, a $50 monthly subscription for Creative Cloud. It's easy to justify the cost for Sketch. Yeah, although Sketch, they haven't been as upgrade friendly because they've gone with the separate SKU for major versions. Yeah, from two to three. Uh, but they did, for a period of time, have an upgrade price when they went from right. 2 to 3, so it wasn't too bad. Well, but... if anyone can appreciate the cost that goes into creating a new version of software, I'm sure they're the listeners to this podcast. So, Yeah. And if you're... we're not the people who complain on Twitter when a 299 app does a paid update and does a new SKU and everything just blows up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, if you have to pay $100 every couple of years for your UI design tool that you use every day, it's probably worth it. So so one tool that I use almost every day, well, pretty much guarantee if I'm coding, I'm probably using this tool. But it's Dash, uh, Dash Code, and it's a documentation browser. It's very simple app, but very powerful on its own. And if you combine that with something like Alfred, which kind of got Sherlock this past year with with uh, El Capitan, but I still use Alfred. So I, for me, if I need to look up some documentation on, say, UI Table View Controller, I do my little command space to pull up Alfred, hit type a dash, hit a space, and then start typing what I want to search for. And within a few characters, I've got what I want to look at. And I'm a big documentation browser. I can never remember all these different things, all these classes and methods that I need to look at or use. So Dash helps me a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm halfway in between using Alfred and not using Alfred, but one of my computers has it. One doesn't. Maybe I should install it again on both of them because I paid for the power pack and everything. There's some cool stuff that Alfred has too. Uh, they've got their remote app for your, your phone or your tablet or whatever and you can have it like run custom shell scripts and stuff like that. Like uh, back in the the bad days of the horrible Apple TV 2 networking stuff, I had one of those things that would kill my iTunes app and restart it so that it would show up in <laughs> on my Apple TV. <laughs> yeah. I I honestly am not a Alfred Power user. I I do own the Power Pack because that's how you can get the external tools integration. Yeah. But pretty much for me, Alfred is a way to launch Dash very very easily. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Man, there's all kinds of useful stuff if you if you really delve into it. Like there's a I think it's a third-party workflow that I got that you type, like, whatever your keyword is, like, SS for me, and then it, it gives you, like, a, you can take a screenshot, like, drag to select or whatever, um, and then it'll 
upload it to some server somewhere and paste the URL in, in your clipboard, which is can be useful. But yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff like that you can do with with Alfred and launching Dash seems like a very useful one too. So what else do we got? You guys all using uh, Taylor in your apps? And no, we're not talking about the HTTP server. <laughs> or Taylor Swift. I haven't used it yet. Um, it's a pretty new open source project uh, that does... Uh, it's kind of a static analysis tool of sorts. Uh, it's not exactly a lint, but it checks the style of your code as as a shell script uh, so it'll analyze your casing and uh, naming conventions and things like that and give you a nice uh, pretty command line output it's definitely an interesting project I, I don't know if it's something I would use on any of my projects but if you're trying to enforce a certain style, uh, Taylor might be a good option for you. So this is a this is an open source project, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Could be wrong about that. Uh, it's installable by Homebrew. I was just looking at the website. It's got about four main contributors or creators. So it's kind of surprising to me. So introduce another tool, guys. So uh, for... Th- those that like the tools from JetBrains, AppCode had an update recently uh, to version 3.3 and now has support for Xcode 7 and Swift 2.0. So those that love that tool are probably pretty happy now because they were kind of stuck for a while um, using Xcode, waiting for that update. So yeah, if you haven't used AppCode before, it's... Uh, you know, the folks at JetBrains make great IDEs. Uh, you know, it, in addition to what Xcode can provide, it can has great unit test support, um, version control integration, and refactor. You know, above everything else, refactoring is is something that they do really well. Yeah, AppCode really is a top notch product. But for me, it's I can use it a few times out of the a few months out of the year because it's always a little bit behind what's what Apple's putting out. I think it's Swift especially has been a bit of a challenge for them to keep up with as Apple's been revving that very quickly over the past year. Hopefully that'll slow down a little bit, but we've already had some more updates and more recent betas. Yeah, it seems like when right. it was just the, the Objective-C stuff, it was a lot easier to use throughout the year. Do they have a uh, refactoring support for Swift yet? In Xcode? No. No, I know they don't in Xcode, in AppCode. <laughs> I believe they do. Okay. I mean, the... Let me call a check on that. The state of refactoring in, I mean, Xcode is pretty abysmal. You can rename methods in Objective-C, and that's pretty much... It there's no Swift anything can't even rename a method and have it find all the places which is kind of ridiculous I think for a company as big as Apple but AppCode does a lot of that stuff uh, for you it's really nice 
So AppCode does have some basic refactoring for Swift, uh, especially around renaming variables, constants, and functions, uh, as well as type names and classes. Okay. And it also has some great code generators as well. So if you're trying to um, do like NS copying or something like that, it can generate code for that as well. Yeah, AppCode really is good at that kind of stuff. But, you know, it used to be what we got, say, iOS 6 and a 6.1 or a 7.0 and a 7.1, and, and that was it. And the year was done. But with 8, Apple's just been revving the OS really fast throughout the entire year. Yeah, it's been and a long time since we haven't had a beta. Yeah. And there's usually another Xcode coming with that. And some th and with Swift, there's been language revis revisions. And so it's been really hard for the JetBrains guys to keep up. Yeah. Then you add in tvOS, watchOS, OS ten. So often we have multiple betas at the same time of Xcode. So I, I'm not sure when we're going to get a, a break from the betas. <laughs> Hopefully they'll stop introducing the new p platforms because it was a little crazy in, in 2015. Hopefully Apple slows down a little bit. Car OS is coming in like five years. Yeah. Who knows? I'm sure there'll be more, but let's slow down a little bit. <laughs> I would expect it to slow down. Maybe, maybe we'll just see a 9.3 sometime in the summer. And by that time, we'll all be running the 10 betas. Yeah, iOS, iOS 10 slash X. There's got to be <laughs> something cool in there. Yeah, 10, 10, 10 or something. Because it'll there'll be tvOS 10, and then we'll have iOS 10. I want some more 10s. <laughs> so we do have an app of the week again this week. Today we're going to promote a app called Dice TV by Adam Miller. He's a developer out of Indianapolis, Indi Indianapolis in Indiana, and he created Dice TV more as a, a port of his iOS app. Uh, it does have some some uh, small limitations compared to the, the more full-featured iOS app, but it's a pretty cool app. It, it'll, it's basically a dice roller, keeps track of your rolls and the distribution of the, the randomness in the distribution, and you can change up how, how the uh, random is, randomness is actually happening. So in real life, uh, you have two this game this app has two dice that roll and in real life there's a certain set of numbers that come up more often than not and with this app you can actually change that distribution so that in different ways so maybe you want things to always be uh, even so like 12 shows up as often as two as often as uh, six so it's pretty cool that way uh, the ui is nicely done uh, for an Apple TV app, and it's really easy to use. 
and it's 99 cents on the app store at the at this time is it universal or is it a separate purchase from the i think it's a separate purchase okay it's only a buck so why not you know right yeah it's it's kind of funny uh like normally if i just want to roll a dice i'll just have siri do it and same thing for uh, a coin so much so that like my kids really don't know what flipping a coin is since we <laughs> since we use like credit cards and debit cards for everything they're like literally like someone's like oh we should just flip a coin for that and my son will be like oh my dad does that with his watch <laughs> <laughs> so how does siri do it you just say like siri flip a coin yeah hey siri flip a coin and she has some funny responses. Roll the dice. Rolling. Okay, five and four. Oh. Yeah, so she can roll dice too, but uh, one of her responses when I told her to flip a coin was like, oops, it fell between the cushions and the couch. <laughs> <laughs> but you can tell her to roll like uh, a 20-sided die, a six-sided die or whatever, and, and she'll oblige that as well. So, if you want a much better experience, you should get Dice TV. And it's a really nice looking app on the TV as well. Dice Tracker for iPhone would be his iPhone version. Looks like it's free on the phone, so. Yep. So support support Dice Tracker. Pay for the TV version. And Adam can go and retire and he'll make it free after he's made the big money from the his Dice app. <laughs> That's not something that ever goes out of style, right? Yeah. There's always going to be a Flappy Bird. Yeah. Or hopefully a fireplace app. Well, we started talking about fireplace apps again, so I think that's about all the time (laughs) we have left for this week, guys. Uh, Why don't you tell us where we can find you on Twitter? I'm at Sam Corder. I'm at AJ Robinson. And I'm Alex Argo on Twitter. Uh, The podcast is shared inst. And if you want to send us a, a note via email at sharedinstancepodcast at gmail.com, uh, we look forward to hearing from you and uh, doing more apps of the week. Uh, and any uh, reviews are appreciated. So uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye.